another episode of the Speak Real podcast, sharing one-on-one conversations. We believe that storytelling is the best way to empower youth and give them the platform to find their voices. Presented by Youth Speak, because youth speak. Hello everyone, Lolita here with Youth Speak, and today we'll be speaking with Lauren from Justice for Society. We'll be getting to know a little bit more about Lauren, who she is and what she does, as well as talking a little bit more about um, some of the struggles she faced and how those things affected her mental health. So without further ado, we'll get right into the conversation. Hello, Lauren, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Awesome, I'm doing good. So I think the first question I'll get right into it, I'll ask you to tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, Who are you and what do you do? Uh, My name is Lauren and I'm 17. I'm in grade 12. Um, I'm a musician, a feminist and a writer for Justice for Society. Awesome. Okay, so Justice for Society. So you're a writer for Justice for Society. So can you tell us a little bit more about um, about that? What is Justice for Society? Justice for Society is an online magazine. It is founded by youth and it is run by youth and it's a really an amazing organization. We, in each issue, we try to tackle different um, issues around the world in our society um, and we do our best to you know, provide an unbiased and educational point of view and um, just educate people around us. Amazing. No, that sounds really, really cool. And you said it's an online magazine. Yep. So um, is there a website that we can go to to find that? Uh, on the Justice for Society Instagram handle, there is a link in the bio for their um, website. So we'll make sure everyone gets that information if they'd like to check out the online magazine. That's really cool. So I guess, um, tell me a little bit more. Let's get deeper. Tell me um, about your childhood and um, tell me about your ch- childhood and what it was like growing up for you. I come from a pretty big family. I've got four sisters and a mom and a dad. Um, my sisters are all older than me. And so I had a lot of really positive female influence in my life. Um, they all did their part. Sorry, they all played a huge role in raising me. And um, yeah, uh, most of us are musicians. And so it's kind of something that runs in the family. And um, we're all very different people, but we're, my, my sisters are independent and very strong. Wow, no, I can't imagine growing up in a household with all that amazing female energy must have been an amazing thing. Yeah. Yeah, I can see now that you've um, channeled that, all that amazing energy into a lot of the work that you do today, right? So that's pretty cool. For sure. Lauren, um, what is the biggest challenge that you think that you faced up to now on your, on your journey? I think my biggest challenge has been uh, my mental health. I have uh, premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Um, so that in combination with internalized misogyny has been, um, you know, some of the, the biggest struggles that I faced coming to terms with myself and coming to terms with, um, you know, feminism and its place in the world today. Premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Wow, that's a big word. Can you explain a little bit more about that and how it um, shows up in your life and maybe how it affects you? For sure. It's um, essentially a disordered form of PMS. Um, symptoms can range from depression and anxiety to joint pain and muscle pain, headaches, um, insomnia or hypersomnia, and even delusions and hallucinations. Wow. 
Okay, so can you tell us a little bit about the journey of how did you come to find out that was something that you were dealing with or you, you're um, suffering from? Um, I had been kind of really confused about my symptoms for a long time. And about a year and a half ago, I was taking a psychology class in high school and we were doing, a pro we were doing projects on um, uh, various disorders and it kind of like that name on the paper just kind of stood out to me. And as I was doing my project on it, I realized that um, I felt like I was just writing about my life and myself. So I went to my doctor and told him, and he agreed with me that this was definitely what I was struggling with. And um, since then, you know, it's, it's still a struggle because there isn't like a definitive treatment, um, but it can, it's helped me understand, um, you know, why I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, what's going on, and, um, you know, kind of given me some sort of parameters to help me cope with it. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's, I can't imagine um, the, I know what it feels like when I'm, when it's um, that time of the month for me. So I can only imagine compounded with those severe symptoms. It must be really, really difficult and really have a huge impact on your mental health. On a, on a monthly basis too. So I can only imagine how difficult that is to deal with. And I'm glad to know that you reached out, you were able to reach out early and um, speak to your doctor about it. But that's one thing. Um, I feel like women go through all these different things and maybe we, sometimes we just attribute it to it's just part of being a woman or just part of, um, you know, regular part of being life. But when the, the symptoms are so severe, I think it's, that's the time when it's good to check in and go see your doctor because you could be suffering from something like this. So yeah exactly well and I think that um like in my experience a lot of experiences had by women um or like biological females are kind of just brushed off or not really cared about too much um and even myself I've just often been like well it's just PMS like you're being dramatic and I know that that's not true and it's it's much more serious than that um but you know, I think we have to take women seriously, which is something that society seems to have a bit of trouble doing. Yeah, um, that's definitely, I definitely agree with that. Um, yeah, like I said before, I know how difficult it is for me during those times. And um, I think this is something that women need to speak up more about. I think it's such a taboo subject. That, oh, for sure. Yeah, I think that we could talk a little bit more about it so that we can educate the um, educate men and whoever else about it who may not understand. Um, sometimes when we are dealing with some of those symptoms, they can be sometimes confused and not know what to do. But it's a real thing. These things um, they affect our mind, our body um, severely sometimes, especially with this type of um, disorder. So always mm -hmm. good to check in for sure. What led you to the type of work that you're doing now? Um. In the past year, I've kind of really been able to kind of take a step back and, you know, understand the world around me in a, in a different way than I've ever understood it before. And um, I had kind of discovered a lot of internalized misogyny in my life. And um, I realized that, you know, feminism, it has an important place in the world today. And, um, you know, it's not just you get the right to vote and, you know, property rights and, you know, it's all fine. There's so much more complex than that. And so that along with 
just kind of observing the world from a totally different um, perspective and a totally different place than I've ever viewed it before. Um, I feel like, you know, especially working with Justice for Society, that I'm, you know, doing something about it. And um, I think educating and writing about it has um, not only helped me cope with it, but helped me feel more comfortable with it. Right. Now you spoke about that earlier on in your um in your journey that you said the internalized misogyny that was something that you dealt with that really affected your mental health. Can you talk a little bit more about what internalized misogyny looks like and how how it affected you? Yeah, for sure. Um, it's basically, um, you know, on the surface level, you know that women can do anything. You know that everybody's equal. You know that um, women aren't weaker or you know, you know, all these stereotypes aren't true, but um, there's something really deep inside of you that still believes what society has, um, you know, kind of indoctrinated or pushed in your life. And for me personally, growing up with a household full of really strong, independent, capable women, um, they never taught me that women were anything less than men. And they never, um, they never showed any you know, misogyny in my life. And yet I still managed to develop a lot of misogynistic views just because of the society that, and, you know, it kind of gets embedded into your mind. Um, and so for me in middle school, I remember I was definitely that, that kind of person who was like, oh, I'm not like other girls or I hate the color pink. I won't wear her dress. And I thought that, you know, that made me special or better in some way to not be like a stereotypical girl and not be like other girls but um you know in educating myself and in learning the last year and a half I've really been working to combat those ideas wow no I definitely can um resonate with that especially when you said about um, not liking pink so I didn't, <laughs> I never heard of internalized misogyny until we had this conversation. So I guess I had a bit of um, internal, internalized misogyny inside me as well, because I grew up with that same, those same views, just being like, you know, oh, I want to steer away from pink, or I don't want to do everything, the typical things that, um, that women or ladies are supposed to do, little girls are supposed to do, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah that's very eye-opening. Thank you for sharing that. And I think a lot of people uh, struggle with internalized misogyny, but um, it's not a term that's often used and it's not an idea that's, um, you know, recognized as often as it should be. But I, I think most people suffer from it without even realizing it. Like I went years, you know, with internalized misogyny, not even realizing it. Right. Well, that's amazing. And that's cool that, that those experiences that you had um, and that looking um, deeper into yourself, realizing that's something that you dealt with, that led you to do the, the work that you do. And that's why you're so, um, you're so instrumental with, with um, Justice for Society. And I think that's amazing. Like you said, when you're writing with Justice for Society, you're writing about these different issues that, um, that people need to know, you're, you're educating. So you're doing that your part. So kudos to you. Thank you. We're talking a lot about um, um, internalized misogyny. So I wanna ask you, how has feminism changed your perspective? That's a good question. <laughs> um, Loaded. Yeah, I've, I've kind of realized how um, feminism is necessary in today's world 
which I, I really didn't realize how important it was, you know, in 2021 in this, in this time until not, not too long ago. Um, and so feminism has definitely helped me see the long lasting impacts of, you know, structures in our society and the detrimental impacts of the patriarchal structure. And from that, I've been able to, you know, really open my eyes and educate myself on the impacts of, you know, racism and homophobia and these structures that are in our society. And they're, they're not a thing of the past, they're a thing of the present. And I think, um, I think it's important that we, we do all that we can to not make it a thing of the future. That's a great point. That's a great point. I think that talking about how it just opened your perspective to not only see that, but all the different um, things that can kind of need some work. <laughs> yeah. Need some work in our, in our world. So um, yeah, I think that's amazing. I can agree with that. Um, feminism has definitely changed my perspective too. And I've been able to just like you see all the different things that, um, that could be worked on for sure. You talked about um, how you dealt with um, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, as well as internalized mm -hmm. misogyny. So what are some things that you did to overcome that, those feelings and thoughts? Um, I remember, um, I think it was last May, I was um, looking at a vehicle technician position in the military, in the Canadian military, um, which is something that, you know, I've considered for a long time, but I was just kind of, you know, browsing career options and I was looking at that and, you know, there was this like voice in the back of my head that was like, well, you know, you're a woman, come on. Like, and again, at the surface level, I know that women can do anything. Um, but there was that voice in my head that was like, well, you probably have to stop wearing dresses or makeup or whatever, because that's just, you can't let those two sides of you coincide. Um, and I, I realized that that day that that was obviously not <laughs> the right way to think and that that was a way of thinking that was pretty pervasive in my life. And um, I started actively seeking out uh, media and you know movies, books, um, social media posts and um, media that was you know feminist and positive and had accurate representation of women because I've never seen a woman on TV or in a book that is masculine and feminine and isn't a villain or, you know, is just herself without letting, um, you know, one thing make her a bad person or, you know, it's just, it's hard to find positive representation of realistic women. So I started actively seeking that out and you know authors like angela davis and her wonderful works have you know really helped me uh combat that i think education is probably the most powerful tool to help with that now that's an amazing thing you just said education is the most powerful tool i feel like that is a great thing to say just with any um anything that you feel like you're going through and you're struggling with i feel like educating yourself on the subject first um that's the first place to start so that's a really great point for sure also yeah for sure also to that um the fact that we 
it's so easy for us to get stuck in those patterns of feeling like uh, women can only, only do this and men only do that. But it's, yeah. it's 2021, so it's about time to shake those things up. Women and men can do whatever they, they please. So yeah. yeah, great point. So um, Lauren, my next question to you is, how do you think being a woman, specifically being a woman, um, affects your mental health? Well, I have a bit of a unique position in that because um, I have, you know, premenstrual dysphoric disorder, which is associated with femininity and womanhood. Um, so I've had a lot of struggles um, taking myself seriously and taking my symptoms seriously. Um, even though years before I got my diagnosis, I took them very seriously. And then as soon as I started associating it with, you know, my femininity or my womanhood, I all of a sudden started, you know, belittling myself. Um, and so for me, my feminism and my mental health are very intertwined because my feminism helps me cope with my mental health. And, you know, they are very, very interconnected in my life. Um, yeah. Amazing. Yeah, no, beautifully said. Okay, so... Um, what has been the greatest piece of advice you've received? I think the greatest advice I got was about a, a couple of weeks ago, I was talking to a teacher that I'm quite close with and I just been having a really, really rough day. Um, and I was venting to him and very emotional. And I found myself apologizing a lot and saying sorry, which I think is a common thing for both women and people suffering from mental illness um you know just feeling like you need to apologize and you know he reminded me he said like you're not a burden and you're you know you um like people want to help you and it's okay to let people help you and I think that that's something that's going to stick with me for a long time because again women and our place in the world has always you know, if we speak up, women's place in the world has always been one where if we speak up, we are a burden or, you know, we're too opinionated or whatever it may be. And I think it's important to remind ourselves that, you know, speaking up about our mental health and speaking up about our experiences and getting help from people, that's, that's not burdensome. Yeah, no, that is a very, very powerful piece of advice. And I totally, totally agree and resonate with that for sure. So that was actually very beautifully said and a very powerful piece of advice. Um, yeah, and one that I think that everyone can definitely um, come, can take from and remind ourselves every day that, you know, we're not a burden, it's okay to, to cry. And it's funny that um, I always noticed, I always noticed this pattern that every time someone goes to cry, they always feel like they need to apologize. Mm -hmm. and that needs to stop because it, it's okay. Like you said, it's okay to, to not be okay. It's okay to cry. It's okay to, to, to share, to share your, your feelings. For sure. So now Lauren, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give to yourself? I would probably um, tell myself to, you know, stand up for yourself. Um, I think looking back and recently I've realized that, you know, a lot of people I've kind of, 
either not realized or let them treat me in ways that weren't acceptable. And um, I think if I could go back in time, I would definitely advise myself to, you know, stand up for myself. And I think that that's important for all people. And again, especially women and young girls, um, because we have the right to stand up for ourselves. And even though it can be hard and sometimes seen as, you know, unacceptable, um, I think it's an incredibly important thing to do. Yeah, no, beautifully said, very beautifully said. So in your story, um, you are, in your story, you shared about um, the work that you do with Justice for Society. So can you tell us a little bit more about, um, about your role there and what the, some of the writings that you do? Yeah, um, I'm a journalist. So I, um, I often write general articles or articles based on interviews that um, other members do. Um, and, you know, I especially love doing general articles because I feel like, you know, educating people is such an important, um, you know, thing in society. And I feel very lucky to be able to do that with such an amazing organization as well. Um, but I, I absolutely love writing for them because, you know, it makes me feel like I'm contributing something valuable. And I think it's uh, every month we put out a wonderful piece of work and um, there's also a podcast and we have some amazing guests who have, you know, amazing takes on all these topics. Um, we cover a really wide uh, range of topics in each issue. And um, yeah, I think, I think that's a wonderful thing. Amazing, very cool. No, I'd love to um, check out Justice for Society. It sounds like a really cool, um, a really cool thing, especially now with um, the way things are going. It's always good to have those kind of resources where you can learn about more about the things that are going on today. So that's a great resource, I think. So thanks for sharing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So Lauren, what does being a feminist mean to you? That's a great question. Um, to me, feminism, it means, you know, intersectionality, it means courage and equity, um, you know, all, all quite different things. But I think if your feminism isn't for everyone, then it really isn't for anyone. Um, and I think your feminism needs to include all expressions of femininity and all types of people, um, you know, I think that the goal of feminism is to dismantle the patriarchy and it's not to, you know, put women above men as many people like to say. <laughs> um, I think that's a really common misconception because people don't understand the need for feminism today. And I think it's important to know that the goal of it is to simply dismantle the system of the patriarchy that truly harms all people. Um, as far as you know, equity, I think it's it's about um, you know we we can't start from scratch, so we have to bring up the people who are suffering um, and give them resources to you know be equal in society and have the same opportunities. Um, and I think that equity is super important in the conversation of feminism. And I think that it takes courage to be a feminist, and it takes courage to educate yourself. Um, that's not an easy step to take. And it can be, it can seem very, um, you know, 
gloomy. It can seem very hopeless when you start to educate yourself and feel like you're just kind of trapped in this never-ending story of misogyny and you know oppression of all these different kinds of people um and it takes courage to you know believe in what you're doing and work at what you're doing and educate others and yourself and I, I think that's really what the essence of feminism is that's um amazing beautifully said and you said one very very powerful statement there you said if your feminism um isn't for everyone it isn't for anyone yeah that's such a powerful statement in itself and i totally agree with everything you said Fem feminism is courage and it should um and equity also is very very important in that conversation too so everything yeah i totally agree with what you said so yeah very very powerful statement very powerful thank you how has being involved in justice for society um impacted your mental health or helped your mental health? Um, I think, you know, once you start to kind of uh, learn about and um, see all this negativity in the world, it can be very overwhelming and it can seem very, like I said, hopeless. Um, and I, for me personally, Justice for Society has helped me feel less hopeless because, you know, as I'm writing, I'm learning, I'm reading other articles and I'm, um, I'm really diving into these topics that I'm writing about. And so not only am I learning, but I feel like I'm helping at least one person to learn it as well, which I think, like I said, education is the most powerful tool. Um, and so it's kind of a double-sided coin. You know, there's the, the really overwhelming part of kind of coming to see the world as it is. Um, but then there's a really amazing and hopeful part, which is, you know, being part of something amazing, being part of an amazing team of youth and being part of creating a really amazing resource for other people to educate themselves with. Amazing. So that is really, that's, that's great. Um, thank you for, for sharing that, Lauren. Some really great, great words. Um, thank you. So how do you think justice for society can make an impact on youth? And why do you think um, youth should check out justice for society? I think it's a really unique thing because it's written by youth and it's, it's a team completely made up of youth. Um, it's a really diverse group of people. And I think that it's important that youth connect with other youth. I think it's really great to see people your age and, you know, have conversations with people your age, um, as well as a, a wide variety of people. But I think that there's something really special about connecting with people your age. Um, you know, there is some shared experiences and Again, I think that youth reading Justice for Society magazine or listening to our podcast can be um, a really wonderful thing because you are seeing people like you um, contribute something to something greater than themselves. And, you know, there's so many people that don't really have a lot of faith in youth, especially youth today. 
Um, and I think it's important that we look to each other for help and look to each other for inspiration and guidance because if there, you know, if people that are older than us, if, you know, grownups aren't going to uh, support us in the way that we need, I think we need to support each other, which is easier said than done. But I think that it's a, um, that Justice for Society is a great way for youth to learn from other youth, to connect with other youth, to talk with other youth. I think that that's really important. Yeah, no, I agree. That's amazing. Especially the fact it's youth led. I think there's so much power in that. So much power. So thank you again for sharing that. Thank you again, Lauren, for joining us. It has been a really, really great conversation so far. I've actually learned a lot about, um, about PPMD. I've learned about um, internal misogyny and how those things have actually showed up in my life without me even realizing it. So, mm -hmm. it's been great. and you shared so many great insights and a lot of powerful words, but we're going to wrap up. But before I go, I'd like to ask you one last question. And that question is, what is that one piece of advice or what is that one thing, one message that you'd like to share with the youth? I think it's important that each person take the step to um, analyze the world around them and educate themselves. Again, it's so, so important. And I think that um, analyzing your place in the world and you know, what's going on around you and in your society and being present in your community. Um, I think that that's so important and it goes along with feminism and mental health. You know, if you're present in your community and if you're really present in analyzing it and um, understanding it, I think that that makes all the difference. Amazing. Now, thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us. And thank you all for tuning in. It's been a great conversation. Thank you. I had a really great time. If you want to hear more stories, don't forget to subscribe, comment, and like. To support more youth by youth-led projects, visit us at youthspeak.ca, where you can donate and spread youth mental health awareness. So thank you again, everyone.